0: 1.35 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer with you in Oilers. Now, yesterday, the Oilers tied, uh, started the day tied with the best winning percentage in the National Hockey League at 8.33. Of course, they lost to Minnesota 3-0. Ralph Kruger's Buffalo Sabres rallied from 2-0 down to beat San Jose 4-3. Jack Eichel had two goals. Ralph Kruger's Buffalo Sabres have the best winning percentage in the NHL. When Ralph was hired, I put out a tweet and compared him saying that he had the energy level along the lines of a Jurgen Klopp with Liverpool, and I had several guys take shots at me, and I'm like, I don't know, have you been around Ralph on a day-to-day basis? Uh, There's something to be said for positive energy. And uh, unfortunately, some old-school guys... Couldn't necessarily figure that out uh, during his tenure here. But uh, he certainly had the likes of Taylor Hall and Nugent Hopkins and Eberle and even Yakupov uh, and Schultz uh, feeling good about their game. And it's just the way he is. He's that sort of guy. Best winning percentage? Well, we're going to talk to a guy right now who is the GM of the team that's got the best winning percentage in the Western Hockey League. The Edmonton Oil Kings are 8-1-3 and in the season. They have a huge weekend coming up at Rogers Place. The Oilers again tomorrow against Washington. Tickets uh, are available uh, for that game against the Capitals. And then Friday night, the Oil Kings take on Willie Desjardins and the Medicine Hat Tigers. And I'm trying to think of here, who's here Saturday. Is it Portland that's in town on Saturday? Kurt Hill will tell us next. Kurt, how are you doing? I'm doing good stuff. I'm just on my way down to the WHL Cup here in Calgary. It, Seattle is here on Saturday, right? Seattle, you're right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, 8 1 and 3 are you surprised i mean you're leading the league in winning percentage right now are you surprised you're in that spot kurt because i I think there was a little bit of concern that you're going to lose some uh key guys some key uh 20 year olds and obviously fix walansky a 19 year old that was a 100 point guy last year that maybe you're there's some thought that you weren't sure where the offense was going to come from at least out of the gate
2: yeah you know i think we knew as a group we're going to have to score a little bit more by committee and we're going to need a lot of guys to step up and uh so far, that group, that uh, group of O ones, and those core guys for us have had the ability to do that, and that's why we found, find ourselves where we are right now.
0: Um, who specifically has sort of been driving the you know driving the train for you? I mean, is it tough to pick out just one or two guys, or are there a couple guys that are sort of heading us in up?
2: Yeah, you know, I think the, if you're going to pick out a, a couple guys, like the line of uh, Williams, Alistra, and Atkinson, has been a line that's been extremely consistent from the start of the year for us. It seems like Williams is kind of taken that next step in his career kind of as we anticipated when we made that deal last year that uh, he was going to be a guy that we we're going to rely on in the future and uh here early in the season it seems like the chemistry between him atkinson and alistrop has been uh, pretty
0: consistent well josh williams played for uh canada in the helenka gretzky uh you know a year ago in August. Uh, and then got off to a very pedestrian start with the Medicine Hat Tigers. You guys uh, flipped uh, Brett Kemp, who had scored, I don't know, 25, 30 goals for you at the time that you did the deal. I mean, it was a little bit of a surprising trade. Williams didn't get drafted. Is he a guy that's worked his way into the mix? Um, you know, if he, I mean, if he keeps playing at this pace all season long, is he a guy that gets drafted this year, do you think?
2: Oh, I think he's got an opportunity. I know he's a guy that had his name coming up for uh, Team WHL a little bit as well. So I think... Uh, He's definitely got himself back on the radar a little bit,
0: but for him, it's uh, consistency is going to be the, the key throughout the throughout the whole season here for him. Scott Atkinson scored in midget, uh, but is it fair to say he didn't progress offensively as quickly as some people thought?
2: Yeah, I, don't, I think that's probably a little bit fair. I think at the same time, his first years in the league, I mean, the team was in a tough spot. He was playing deeper in the lineup, and I mean, they were just... You know, they were just trying to get some, a few wins under their belt this season, and now he's uh, in a situation here where he's playing with two pretty elite players on his line who can create offense, and, you know, he plays an important role that important 200-foot game and, and has found a way to produce. Even last year, he produced uh, significantly with... Uh, not spending any time on the power play and this year he's got limited time on the power play and has found a way to produce so considering majority of his productions five on five it's uh, pretty impressive what he's doing so far.
0: Kurt Hill joining us, TM the Edmonton Oil Kings, they have the best record in the Western Hockey League right now. A um, couple guys that are maybe a little bit more higher profile, Jake Neighbors is uh, considered an A prospect uh, by NHL Central Scouting, how has he performed for you this season?
2: Yeah, Jake's been good. He's—I uh, think that line has been finding their way a little bit. I think with uh, Sawchuk coming in early in the year here, that chemistry between uh, neighbors Sawchuck and Cope is something that they've been trying to find. In the last little bit here, uh, they've been a little bit more consistent and uh, have started to uh, play a little bit, play a little bit better and a little bit more consistent from that standpoint.
0: Did you envision Carter such, content- like he had 45 points for you last season, and he's I know he's had a hat-trick in a game, and he's been a first star in a couple of games. He's been pretty opportunistic scorer so far. Did you see him taking another progressive step?
2: You know, he had, a, he had a real slow start to the year, I would think, and even I think Carter would be one to admit that, but it seems ever since uh, McIndoe's kind of been inserted in the lineup, and he's been playing with Keeler and such on that line, that's kind of settled everything down. and. I'd say the last four or five games here, Card has been one of our more consistent players, and especially on the score sheet, he's trying, starting to find a groove uh, Put the puck in the net too.
0: So, uh, Kurt, you just mentioned three lines. You didn't mention Dylan Gunther, who is the number one pick in the WHL Bantam draft. He's playing as a yeah. 16-year-old in the league. I know you guys are still playing him in the power play. You just sort of, uh, to a certain case, just sheltering him a little bit as a rookie in the league?
2: You know what he's had a lot of opportunity to play up on one of those lines when we've had uh, when we've had guys go down or we've had guys suspended and that so uh, to say all those games he's been on the fourth line that would be that wouldn't be true he's got opportunity to play up there's been some games where guys have been underperforming and he's jumped up there but i think at the same time we're we're giving dylan that opportunity to round out his game and uh, understand that responsible side of the game but at the same time he's got five points in 12 games so just under you know a point every two games he's had a good start to the season and uh, He's got a big weekend here ahead of him with us, and then he's off to under-17.
0: All right. Matthew Robertson came back from New York Rangers camp, did get into a preseason game. Sometimes when guys return to junior, there's uh you know what? It's such a high to, to, you know, play in the NHL and be in that NHL environment that they come back to junior and struggle a bit. How's Robertson perform for you?
2: You know, I think it's fair to say when he first came back from New York, he had a few tough games, but uh, as of late, he's looked look back to his normal self he's been playing big minutes he's been really reliable he's been running our first power play unit which he's looked pretty exceptional up top of the umbrella there moving the puck and getting pucks through on that so uh, yeah it seems like uh, he's kind of gotten back into his groove and he's been playing some good hockey for us
0: do you guys have a sleeper on the mcleod kid the defenseman i noticed that he's got pretty good offensive numbers and a huge plus for you
2: You know, it's guys like McLeod and Cap, I mean, those guys, they they went through some tough times here with the plus-minuses earlier in their career, and now they're, you know, those guys have played a lot of junior hockey games, and they got to play a lot of minutes of 16th and 17-year-olds, where last year we got to reap some of the benefits of that, and even this year where those guys are they're heavy Western League vets, I would say, that have played a lot of games and been in pretty much every situation from being at the bottom of the standings to being at the top, and I think right now for them, being on a good team, and they're relishing some of that opportunity.
0: You bring in uh, McAdoo as a 20-year-old, and that means that, uh, you know, you ended up moving out a 20-year-old goaltender. You got a young goalie that's pretty exciting. Tell us about him.
2: Yeah, Sebastian Costa's played. uh, He's won our last few games for us here. He's played four in the season. He's won three of the four he played. he got had a tough night in Regina in the first period, um, and got pulled. But the other three, he's looked really steady, real confident. He's he's a six six, a big goaltender with a ton of confidence. Who's got some some athleticism to him. So he's a guy that uh, you know we got to be patient with and continue to develop the right way. And but uh, somebody that uh, we're definitely excited for in the future.
0: Well, you guys are going to be playing a big goaltender on Friday night, Matt Sogard, who basically stole two games from Medicine Hat last year in the playoffs against you in the opening round. Willie Desjardins is back. they got a way better team than they had a year ago. Should be a good matchup Friday, shouldn't it, Kurt?
2: Yeah, no, they're they're playing real good hockey right now. I think they had a little bit of a speed bump in Calgary on the weekend, but uh, they're a team that's got a ton of skill. They play with a lot of pace, and... Yeah, at the end of the day, when teams are getting chances, they got one of the best net. We saw that last year in the playoffs. So it's going to be, uh, we're going to have to have our best ready to go. If uh, you know, if we're ready to get the win on Friday night.
0: Kurt, as always, thank you for your time. Thanks a lot, stop. You bet. Medicine Hat's got a kid, James Hamlin, one of the best 20 rolls in the Western Hockey League right now. Uh, so Edmonton Oil Kings uh, against uh, the Medicine Hat Tigers on Friday night and the Seattle Thunderbirds on Saturday. Oilers at home. Again, tickets available for against the Washington Capitals, Alexander Ovechkin, and NHL scoring leader, John Carlson, uh, tomorrow night. Are we going to give away a pair of tickets? Not right now. But are we going to give away a pair tomorrow, do you think? What do you think, Brendan? Should we do that? Can we make that happen tomorrow? Sounds good to me. All right, I know well, the listeners want that. Well, we'll talk to the Russian judge and see if we can somehow. Sure. Uh, it might be appropriate, given who's coming into town as well. Again, you can text us at any time at six thirty, six thirty, 630 internationally fine floors text line. Royal Pizza celebrating 50 years in Edmonton. They're still making it great on now until the end of the month royal pizza offering the combo special your choice a greek or caesar salad with garlic toast two medium gourmet pizzas four anniversary cookies all for just 50 dollars. pick that up in any of their 14 edmonton and area locations when we come back brendan's going to give us a little bit of this day and order's history and we're going to do a hat tip to cactus jack for tip-
2: learn more at marines.com
0: Us off on a significant day for a Hall of Fame player we talked about earlier in this show as well this is Oilers now this is Oilers now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio 630 Chad you know right now in this country we're not agreeing on everything. But, uh, well, I'll put it this way. Back in a past life, I was going to tell a story, Brendan. Um, just about, well, I'll start with the Tragically Hip. And I actually said this to Gord Downey uh, when he was uh, on our plane traveling with the Oilers during the 2009-10 season. I said... Uh, we had people from different parts. We had kids from Quebec. We had kids from the BC Lower Mainland. We had You're from like Kamloops, Brendan. We had some guys from Ashcroft one year on our crew. Man, those guys were way to the right. They were way to the right. Not everybody from Kamloops is way to the right. I don't even know if Brendan's hearing this right now. But anyways, uh, we couldn't agree on everything. But the one thing we could agree on, everybody loved the Tragically back in the day. It was also, uh, we had this guy, he was from Eritrea. His name was Louis. This is a true story. He walked 180 miles across a desert during the time that the Ethiopian Civil War was going on, and uh, in about 35 to 40 degrees Celsius heat. Okay? And so one of the mornings, some of the guys in my crew decided they'd had a bit too much to drink the night before, which was a common occurrence, and they decided they wanted to hotbox the van at like 7.30 a.m. And, you know, so Louie decided to do this motivational speech to all my tree planters. And he said, look, we all know Bob's a, a real selfish guy and it's all about the money for Bob. And, he, you know, he he kind of likes nature, but he really just likes making money. So that's why he, he grinds as much and he goes, I walked 180 miles through 35 to 40 degree heat just to get my freedom. So I'm gonna make every second count when I'm here planting trees. You stiffs might want to get out there, or we're going to have to plant all the trees ourselves between Bob and me, and we're going to be working here until sometime in the middle of October, because uh, you guys aren't doing anything. So that was the motivational speech of the day. But I I did tell Gord Downey about the fact that they tragically hip had a way of unifying Canada and bringing people of different uh, political spheres and backgrounds together for for what it's worth. You can just toss that right out the window if you want. Anyhow, let's get to it. It is uh, this day in Oiter's history. Of note, Brendan we had Brian Lawton on, and he was talking about Guy Lafleur. And Cactus Jack texted me something, and we had you fact check it. What happened on this day back in 1971?
1: Guy Lafleur scored his first ever NHL goal. It came against the Los Angeles Kings. Who was your first idol growing up as a kid? First player you just loved? Marcus Naslund, I would say, as a Canucks fan back in the day. Wow. Can we fire him off the show right now? <laughs> <laughs> I actually like
0: Marcus Naslin. He's uh, Mark yeah, well you you know who mine was. Mine was I loved Gila Fleur as a kid. Loved him. Loved him, man. How did you not Gila like Gila Fleur had style, he had panache, he had it going on. You like
1: Marcus Naslin? The West Coast Express. They were doing damage in the Western Conference at that point. Could never seem to get past Minnesota or Colorado when they were in their their peak of the West Coast Express. But yeah, yeah. he was the franchise player at that point, so it was it was easy.
0: Yeah, we all loved him. Yeah, he was. I mean, that was a good line, right? Uh, was it Morrison was the center and Bertuzzi was the winger? That's right. And then Bertuzzi went after more, after more. Concussed Naslin went a little old school and Mm -hmm. got himself sued. Wasn't Bertuzzi the same guy that uh, was calling out uh, Marty McSorley after Marty went after? I'm pretty sure it was Todd Bertuzzi that was. It was Todd Bertuzzi that went after Marty. And then, well, hey, things happen on the ice. To this day in Oilers history for New West Travel, join Oilers now on a great road trip. We are going to go to uh, see Chicago. In the Blackhawks uh, at the United Center in the second half of the year, we've also got a Tampa Bay, Florida trip. The Tampa Bay, Florida trip is a five-day trip. You can reach New West Travel. Go online
1: at newwesttravel.com. What do you got on this day? Going? I, I, I know where I was. Back in 2016, during a balmy 10-degree afternoon, the Oilers get three second-period goals to down the Winnipeg Jets 3 to nothing in the Heritage Classic held at Investors Group Field in Winnipeg. Just over 33,000 fans watched Cam Talbot earn the shutout for Edmonton in that one.
0: Oilers got a uh, 2 nothing in that game, and McDavid just left Nurse a wide-open net, and he slammed it home, and then afterwards... Con- you could hear Connor screaming. Uh, you know, happy that Nurse had scored. That's Connor. Connor would rather talk about other players than himself, and he'd rather set other players up than himself. Like, I'll give you an example. The other- When's the last time Edmonton scored a goal, Brendan? Two and a half games ago. Who scored it? Ethan Bear. Ethan Bear scored the last goal for the Orders, Right? They're up two nothing, and so Connor had the empty net against Detroit when it was 2-1, and he hit the post, and then Russell missed the wide-open net right after. Maybe that was a precursor uh, to the past or a precursor of things to come for the Oilers. Speaking of the past, here's here's one subtle difference between Wayne Gretzky and Connor McDavid. Wayne Gretzky never, never worried about giving other guys open nets on empty nets. You know why? Because when there was an empty net and Wayne Gretzky was on the ice, it was his puck. And he wanted to score as quickly as possible in a one-goal game. You know why? Because he wanted that coach to pull his goalie again so he could score again into the empty net or set somebody else up into the empty net. That was Wayne. Wayne has uh, Wayne has a drive that was unmatched. It's just Wayne's personality. 153 in Edmonton. Uh... Wow, Justin was on uh, Cam Talbot in his performance against Washington last night. Talbot played great in Anaheim. For the Flames never win in Anaheim, and he got him a win a couple nights earlier. Uh, this text out of Edmonton, Red Kelly was my favorite. As a, did, did Red Kelly not end up being a longtime senator? or uh, Was he a senator or was he an MP? He was one of the two. Red Kelly won eight Stanley Cups, by the way. And Red Kelly... Did he went from being a forward to playing defense, I think, late in his career. Or did it go the other way around? And was he one of the pyramid power guys with the Leafs back in the day? When the pyramids on the Leafs bench during like 75 playoffs? Was that? Was Red Kelly the coach at that time? Maybe some of you old story guys. Uh, B says, Bob, I've heard that story so many times. I don't know how many times uh, you've told it, but it's still a great story regarding the Tragically Up. How about this? Gord Downey looked at me and said, Bob, I've heard that from numerous people over the years because somebody in my family married a tree planter and they said the exact same thing, that we couldn't agree on politics and political views and it's the nature of our country, it's, you know, wide ranging country, but the thing that brought us together was the music of The Tragically Hip. We're not going to roll, though, with The Tragically Hip. As we close today's show, we're going to tell you that Sportsnet color analyst Louis DeBrusque will join us tomorrow along with Brian Burke for Friends of Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction and service, electrical, prefabrication, and solar. Up next, news, weather, traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by the 6.30 Ched Afternoons with Jalen Nye. We're leaving you with Tool. Have a wonderful Wednesday.